Before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as, as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one for another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? 
Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Now Jesus had a marvelous way of subverting people's expectations. He did it when he called on the one without sin to cast the first stone. He did it when he rode into Jerusalem as a king, but on a donkey, not on a, on a charger. And he did it in this story too, when he, their master, served the disciples by washing their feet. He continually turned the expectations of the people around him upside down. It was normal for a servant to wash the feet of those who came to visit, and there would have been nothing unusual in a disciple washing the feet of his rabbi. These things reinforced what people thought of as the normal, natural, hierarchical order of things, where some were masters or teachers, and where such people had the right to lord it over those who were slaves or disciples. What Jesus did in acting as a menial slave to his disciples turned that natural order upside down. And that is why Peter declared so forcefully, never at any time will you wash my feet. What Jesus did is, in the words of Leslie Newbigin, a total subversion of good order as we understand it and as the smooth operation of human affairs seems to require. All normal management procedures require chains of authority all of us, except those at the very bottom, have a vested interest in keeping it so. For as long as we duly submit to those above us, we are free to bear down on those below us. But the action of Jesus subverts this order and therefore threatens to destabilize all society. And Peter's protest is the protest of normal human nature. Jesus goes further still in his explanation of what he has done. Newbegin explains that if Jesus had said, since I washed your feet, you, would, you must wash my feet, then we would have been fighting one another for the privilege of being first with the basin and the towel. And then the old order of preeminence would have been restored, thinly disguised under the name of service the chief minister would have become the old ruler under a new name. But Jesus says something very different, which negates that possibility. He actually says, you ought to wash one another's feet. And this is a statement that subverts and replaces all normal human patterns of authority. Imagine the task of drawing up a management chart in which A is subject to B, B is subject to A, C is subject to A and to B, and A and B subject to C and so on. Yet this is what is called for. The disciples are to be literally servants of one another. 
for this is about equality. But it is not an equality based on human rights. Instead, it is an equality based on the fact that Jesus, our master, makes himself the servant of all people equally. He lays down his life for us and out of love uh, for all that he has done for us, we are then to serve our neighbors. In other words, in order to serve others in this way, we need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know that we are loved unconditionally by him, that we are accepted as we are and loved by him although we are still sinners. Each one of us goes through life looking for love, but it is only when we know that we are loved by God that we can relax into a love that is not going to change or to fail us in any way. And having that security and confidence in our lives frees us up to serve others in this radical way that we have been speaking about. And that is what we see in Jesus at the very beginning of this story. Jesus knows that the Father has given him complete power. He knows that he has come from God and is returning to God. The security of that knowledge means that he can then rise from the table, take off his outer garment, tie a towel around his waist, and wash the feet of his disciples. That action flows directly from his sense that he is loved by God and is right in the center of God's will for his life. The sense of security that that provides means that he does not have to worry about what others think of him, nor does he worry about status and hierarchy. Instead, he is free to serve others to love others, to give himself for others in the same way that his father does. Now the reality is that Jesus had that knowledge and sense of security in God's love throughout his, his ministry. But it is in this story that the gospel writer makes this plain to us so that we can grow into the very same sense of security and through that gain the same ability to serve others. Peter protested at the thought of having his feet washed by Jesus, not understanding that Jesus wanted to draw him into a deeper appreciation of God's love for him. Today, like Peter, we too need to be drawn into that deeper awareness of God's reaching out in love towards us. And as we know and respond more deeply to that love today, Jesus challenges us to do what he has done for us, to wash the feet of others by sacrificing ourselves for them. May it be so for each one of us. Amen.